We want to decarbonise. In the mid-noughties, we probably emitted about 2.5 million tonnes a year. Mm. Last year, we emitted 700,000 tonnes a year. Yeah. In three years' time, we will probably emit about 300,000 tonnes a year. So that's a 90% reduction. Hello everyone, in June NZX is opening bell theme is sustainability and we're going to focus on issuers within our listed community who have or are working towards a strong focus on sustainability. So with that theme in mind, it's a great pleasure to welcome the CEO of one of the major energy players in New Zealand, Mike Fuge, who is the CEO of Contact Energy. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Well, it's great to be sitting here talking about sustainability with you. Clearly, you are integrally involved in that part of the industry in New Zealand. If we just open it up very generally, what does sustainability mean to you? Sustainability, at, its, at the very hardest of sustainability, is that intent to be around a lot longer than the next reporting cycle or the next decade. It's how we as an entity ensure that our the combination of our financial performance, our reputation, our relationships are strong so that they go beyond the current crop of management and directors, that they go beyond the current generation and the company strives and thrives well into the future. And that means that over time it will mean different things to different people but it, you always have that very long-term future top of mind. Mm, it's, a, it's a stewardship and a custodian yep. role. Yep. You have a long and deep background working in the energy sector and, and sort of many iterations of that, and you know it has evolved over, over the years as everyone has been on their journey to different forms of energy usage. What motivated you initially to join the energy sector? Oh, look, as a young secondary school student at the time in New Zealand, we just the ga- Maui gas field was just coming on. It was clear that we were going through an energy transition then, and it looked like a lot of fun. And in hindsight, it was. Mm. It was interesting. It was fascinating. It did transform the country. And the really funny thing is, at this stage of my career, it looks like there's another transition happening. And that also looks like a lot of fun. Mm, mm. It's a really pivotal moment, I think, with the way that we're approaching energy and and moving towards that lower carbon future. With your previous roles, you had an opportunity to live in some interesting places overseas. Would you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, no. Look, I've lived in many different countries. And again, it was in the oil and gas sector. Mm. What I saw was how energy can be a force for transformation and positive change in a country. I have also seen where energy can be used for bad things. And so, you know, one of the things that our family, we lived in the Middle East, we lived in Oman, we had a wonderful time there. And it was wonderful to see the transformation that, that was enabled in that country. We lived in Southeast Asia, and again, it was fascinating to see the politics. Underpinning that is the importance of your relationships with communities, Mm. um, with local communities, and that commitment to help them develop. Because if you behave badly one day, it may make you look good in front of maybe your executive or your board, but it will come back to bite you or one of your successors later on. Ties back into that point about stewardship and custodianship. 
and and taking the long term view. It's great that you're applying, you know, that extensive background and all of that experience to New Zealand's energy sector. What role do you think that investors have to play as we transition into the slower carbon future? I think investors play an absolute critical role, and we have to take investors with us. I mean, one of the things I say about Contact is that we are one of New Zealand's most independent companies. Mm. There is nothing between us and a great opportunity or a very bad mistake apart from the execs, the board, and then investors. I passionately believe that we can achieve this transition as responsible human beings um, without significant government intervention. I think that the private sector has a critical role to play. And because of the discipline that we turn up with every day around investments, that can actually be quite transformational in itself. And so the important thing for investors in this is to come along, not to take undue risks, but to just as we drive to act responsibly, that they also invest responsibly. Mm, absolutely. And so when when investors are evaluating that investment opportunity and you know a lot of people that are listening to this podcast will be individual investors can you talk a little bit about how sustainability is really integral to contact and you know integrated into the day-to-day at the company yeah well look one of the great things about contact is the good intent is aligned with great financial outcomes and that's the first thing i'd emphasize so we have underway some of the best renewable energy projects, I would argue, in the world and building very low carbon, sustainable, baseload geothermal generation, which will take this country well towards its net zero aims. At the same time, they're great investments. They will generate great returns for investors. And so the thing we always urge investors is to, it's not just about um, the money, it's not just about the good feelings, but if you can bring those two things together, Mm. it's a great place to be. Mm, Absolutely. And talk about the role that Contact is playing in the community and the ecosystem over and above, you know, your day-to-day operational function. Look, one of the things that I've discovered about Contact since I joined them three years ago is that they have a long history of great community relations. Mm -hmm. And where that stems from, it's not in doing the flashy stuff. It's in the more fundamental stuff, the way you behave. It's about developing the relationships with communities out of a genuine desire to do the right thing, not because you think you might need help from the community in the next six months or year. Mm. It's about being there when communities need you. And that might be on a Saturday morning at a meeting, it might be on a weeknight when they're having a meeting to understand something. It might be helping them get through a crisis. But that long history of being alongside communities has been there. The other one that's really important there, it's just like any friendship or relationship, is being honest. Mm. You are not a magician and these challenges we face on the sustainability journey, on the decarbonisation journey, they're genuine challenges. Mm. And we don't have a magic wand. And so walking with people, taking them with you in a very honest, transparent way, I think is absolutely critical. And I was delighted to walk into that culture when I joined Mm. Contact Energy. Mm. It's apparent to us here at The Exchange how serious you are about the transition and and the passion that you bring to that. What are the long-term sustainability goals for Contact as you sort of look towards that longer-term future? Well... 
we want to be a very profitable company and mm-hmm. that's part of sustainability. We want to sustain this business well sure. into the future. We want to decarbonise. In the mid-noughties, we probably emitted about 2.5 million tonnes a year. Mm. Last year, we emitted 700,000 tonnes a year. Yeah. In three years' time, we will probably emit about 300,000 tonnes a year. So that's a 90% reduction. Mm. We think there is a path to net zero through that, through the carbon offsets, but also some wonderful innovation that our staff have come up with with capturing the CO2 emissions from geothermal. Mm. And we think we can keep the lights on at the same time um, because that's also part of it, making sure that power, one, we're on the decarbonisation journey, but we have a responsibility to keep power at a reasonable cost Mm. and we have a a responsibility to keep the lights on. And so managing that trilemma Mm. is something we carry with us as we go on that journey. Sure, sure. We've got you in at the exchange today. One of the reasons that we're recording this podcast is we're also celebrating your recent green bond. So congratulations, you managed to price $300 very well. Could you tell us a little bit about why you launched the green bond and what you'll do with the proceeds? So the Green Bond was very much about funding Mm. that investment program in renewable energy. Mm. In fact, that's all it's about, is that we have a great development pipeline of some wonderful geothermal projects and some emergent solar and wind projects. That requires significant capital. We'd like to fund that, and doing it as a Green Bond sends a strong message about our underlying value set and what we're passionate about. Yeah. And where physically are those assets for the listeners that, that aren't so, so they familiar? are um, The geothermal assets are obviously around Taupo. Mm-hmm. Um, the project being built at the moment is the Tohara project. Mm-hmm. Listeners are probably more familiar with the Wairaki plant, which has been there for 60 years. So anyone that's gone with mum and dad on a roadie through the North Island will have gone past it. Might have seen the puffs of smoke as we go past. But we are going to replace that Wairaki plant with a brand spanking new plant which will be located further up the field at Tamihi. Mm -hmm. And so the funding will go towards that. And in addition to that, we see two or three other geothermal projects in the pipeline. Solar is all across the country. It's in Northland, it's in Taranaki, it's recently announced Christchurch Airport. Mm Mm-hmm. And win again across the whole country. Yeah, so it's really pan New Zealand that you're yep. working across. Fantastic. Well, one of the things that I do believe about Contact Energy is that we are a mirror image of New Zealand. Mm. We're in every location in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. If you look at our decarbonisation journey, New Zealand is 85% decarbonised renewable. Mm. We're 85% decarbonised. If you look at our diversity, our stats very much reflect the makeup in New Zealand. And that's part of it, is that if we can decarbonise, then behind that is a hope that Aotearoa can decarbonise. Mm, that's interesting that you're so closely aligned to sort of the, the macro stats, um, which is a nice segue into talking about future focuses. I mean, not so much contact specifically, but, you know, Aotearoa and New Zealand. How do you feel that we as a country are performing with regard to meeting, you know, international and domestic climate-related targets? I think number one is New Zealand is actually, in terms of its renewable energy, is a global leader. Yes. I think where we got a bit caught out is that the expectation that we would continue that journey. Mm. And so what's been delightful to see in the last five years in particular, how the country has picked up the baton and gone after that decarbonisation journey. I think we have an opportunity to lead. Mm. I think the opportunity to de- to decarbonise process heat, I think the opportunity to decarbonise our transport emissions, mm. our opportunity, there is tremendous opportunity in building more renewable energy. And so 
there is an opportunity to lead. Now, the other thing that we have led with is that that decarbonisation has not been driven by a government program. Yes. It's been driven by a market-based emissions trading scheme, Mm. and it's been driven by private investment. And that is quite unique. Like anything as Kiwis, we deregulated 30 years ago. Our farmers learned to do without subsidies. Mm. As a nation, we know that we can do this without subsidies, that we can do it without government help, that we can do it through the private sector. And I think that's awesome. Mm, Absolutely. And I know that you, as an executive team and as a board, you keep an eye, you know, to offshore trends and to the emergence of new technologies. If you had to pick one thing that you were really excited for, you know, that might develop as a technology or is developing, is is there any one thing that you'd pull out as super exciting? No, that was. But like being a teenage boy, a smoker's (laughs) board at the moment. Um, There's a lot. And you've got to be very careful that you don't overindulge. Yes. We're very interested in battery technology. Mm -hmm. We have had a, we maintain a watching brief on hydrogen. We Mm. don't, we think that given what's happening in the US and Europe at the moment, that will get a lot of momentum without us. We are some of the consumer products which are coming out where we see opportunity for New Zealanders to decarbonise their homes using some of this wonderful digital technology Mm. that's emerging overseas. That's really exciting. There's a few others like offshore wind where, again, we maintain a watching brief. But as I said, it's a very big smorgasbord, so we just have to be careful. Yes, yeah, it is. It is really exciting to see what things developing though, and what what you know, ingenious people and, and companies are coming up with. So we're looking forward to seeing what the next five to ten years hold there. What makes you excited for Contact as a company for the next five to ten years? Oh, look, the development pipeline, the ability to get so much renewable generation up and running so quickly mm. has been fantastic and you know for a company like ours a utility company to have an opportunity for such tremendous growth in such a short time Mm. has been awesome the other one that's really exciting about contact energy is our connection with ordinary kiwis through the retail arm yeah is that ability to connect with kiwis to take and share our values with ordinary kiwis which i think do resonate think of our parental leave policy last year you think of green bonds, you think of the decarbonisation journey that we're on. That connection with ordinary households, I think, will be very powerful as ordinary households engage in this decarbonisation journey going forward. Mm, absolutely. Well, thank you, Mike, for taking the time. It's always a pleasure to have a, a chance to talk to you know one of the real leaders in the industry that's leading the charge on the decarbonisation push and, and also working with really exciting and interesting emerging technologies. We are going to do a little quick fire round before we let you okay. off the hook. So what's the one sustainable lead product you can't live without? One sustainable product. One sustainable lead product that you can't live without. Oh, it's it's electricity, obviously. <laughs> Particularly our electricity. Contact, contact energies, electricity, sustainable yeah. electricity. Very good. What's your favourite quote? Um, Favourite quote, two heroes in my life. One is Ernest Rutherford and is General Patton, so Mm -hmm. I'll take General Patton. Okay. A good plan executed violently today is far better than a perfect plan thought about for next week. Maybe somewhat paraphrased by uh, Cheryl Sandberg down the track, you know, several decades later, I think she always says done is better than perfect. That's exactly right. There you go. Good quote. Yeah, General Patton was pretty impactful, wasn't he? Best advice piece of advice that you've ever received? Oh, for me, and just reflecting on that quote from some really great mentors I've had in my career, which is just every now and then slow down, look around 
and take people with you. Mm, very good. And uh, last but not least, your favourite book or podcast that you are reading or listening to? I'm going to have to think about that one. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> favourite book would probably be Catch-22. Ah, uh, it's a good one. And just because it was both and what the book is, more what it represented at the time mm-hmm. was someone trying to break away from the norm, from yeah. conventional writing. And I think that in itself marks the novel out. That's a great answer. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mike. Nice to see you and thanks for coming on today. My pleasure. Thank you. The information provided in this podcast is a guide and is intended for general information purposes only. The information is not investment advice. The information should not be relied upon as a substitute for detailed advice from a professional advisor. The podcast may contain opinions or forward-looking statements and actual results may vary from what is expressed in this podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the presenter or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of NZX. NZX Limited is not liable for any loss suffered through relying on the information in this podcast. NZX makes no warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the information in this podcast. All intellectual property rights in the content of this podcast are owned or used under license by NZX, and NZX's written consent is required to use, redistribute, or reproduce the content, or use it to create other works.